Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. Hi, this is Susan Eisenberg, aka Wonder Woman, and you're listening to Geek and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. Stay tuned. Hey, thanks, Susan. Anyways, how's everyone doing out there? This is Dane with Geek Vibes Live, uh, bringing you guys another incredible interview. And you know what? We'll just get right into the interviews. Sound good? All right. Our guest tonight stars in ISC's comedy horror hybrid, Stand Against Me, which returns for a second season, November 1st, and plays Becca on FXX, You're, You're the Worst, which will return for its fourth season on September 6th. She is also known for voicing Cora in Nickelodeon's Legend of Cora. She hosts the popular show The JV Club with Janet Varney on the Nerdist Network. Additionally, she is a co-founder, creative director, producer of one of the largest and most acclaimed comedy festivals in North America, SF. Sketchfest, the San Francisco Comedy Festival. Take a listen to a clip from Stand Against Evil. You all right? Okay, you're going to be okay. I can help you. Okay? I'm the sheriff. Tell me your name. For Christ's sake. Look at this. I got another one. This going to be a challenge, but man. Easy. <laughs> Did you bring the eyes? Well, brought the head. It comes with eyes. This way. Geek Vibes Nation, give it up for our special guest tonight, Janet Varney. Hello, Janet. All right, well, it looks like we're having some... Hello, hello, can you not hear me? Hey. Hello. Hey, Janet, how's it going? Hi. Hi, I could hear you, but I guess you couldn't hear me. Sorry, guys, I don't know what happened there. Not a problem whatsoever. We're just really glad to have you on tonight. I'm glad to be here. I got to say, I'm so glad that Stand Against Evil is not a radio program because we would not have been doing a good job if people just needed to listen to understand what was going on <laughs> in that clip. <laughs> well, that that's why we have you here to, you know, further um, kind of let people know what the show is about. But like you said, good thing it is on somewhere we can visually see it. Uh, That definitely does help out a lot. Um, So, you know, so I know we don't have you for for that long, so we can just jump right into um, our questions that we have for you. Um, So I'll start with, uh, after listening to that clip and actually, you know, seeing the first season and loving what I saw from the first season, um, my, my first question is, what can we expect from Stand Against Evil this upcoming season? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, the spoiler, I guess, is that my character does not live forevermore in uh, the 1600s. I think that's a that's a plus. 
Uh, I don't <laughs> think that she would be like Evie's awesome and she's very tough, but it might take her a while to get used to living off the land and churning butter and things like that. So uh, I think it's it's for the best that uh, that John John McGinley's character uh, Stan is able to find a way to get to Evie and bring her back to the present. And uh, and then we just have like a kind of amazing season of you know we have more crazy monsters, uh, great practical effects um, versus you know like we have some CG effects, but uh, everyone on the show were like kind of big horror nerds, and so we really like that there's stuff in the room that you can react to rather than looking at a tennis ball. Uh, so. Uh, that's really exciting. We have just uh, some awesome guest stars uh, this season, and um, I wear an unprecedented amount of civilian clothes because I think Dana Gould, the creator uh, of the show, got felt so guilty about how much I was complaining about the high-waisted, thick polyester pants I was wearing in the dead of summer in uh, very, very hot and very, very humid Atlanta that he took pity on me, so I actually get to wear some jeans. <laughs> <laughs> that, those are some, those really are some inside some inside meta factoids about the show. That's that's just me making it about me as an actor and not me as a as a character. But there you have it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, <laughs> so from what you were mentioning, uh, a question, uh, another question I have is, what can we expect from your specific character? more so development-wise. I know you were talking a little bit about getting out of where she was at um, from, from last season, but what can we expect as far as development-wise uh, for your character this upcoming season? Sure. Uh, she is, you know, she and Stan, um, again, Johnny C's character, uh, they have obviously, you know, kind of a trying relationship. They drive each other crazy. Um, I'm sure Evie would say that she doesn't do anything whatsoever that could allow for him to be driven crazy by her and that he does all of the crazy stuff, but it is what it is. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they built this kind of, you know, uh, resentful bond, but a bond nonetheless, uh, the first season. And that's really, that's tested in a new way in season two. Um, Evie also has to contend with her ex who has come around, which, you know, it's one of those situations where like this character is kind of in many circumstances um, put in a situation where the worst, like the worst version of herself can come out. So I feel like poor Evie is constantly trying to rise above the occasion and be the quality human being that she wants to be uh, and not be kind of dragged down into the mud with, the, with like the attitude that comes along with some of these other characters in her life. Uh, so for her, she's really tested in that way. But I'm also happy to say that she gets the chance to let her hair down a little bit with, um, with Denise, uh, played by the amazing Deborah Baker Jr., and uh, she has a little time with, uh, with Nate Mooney's character, Leon Drinkwater, as well. So there's, there's some stuff that she gets to do that maybe is a little more social and a little more about her as a human being rather than her as a sheriff. That's, that's definitely a lot. And I always strive uh, – well, not strive. Let me not use that term. I always love to see characters uh, develop. I think that's one of the great qualities that kind of makes these shows uh, what they are and, and how good they are. A lot of shows nowadays don't really have strong character development, so I always look uh, forward to seeing, especially female characters, have very strong uh, developing arcs, you know, from season to season. So they're not necessarily the same person every season. It kind of stales out a little bit. So it's good to know uh, that your character definitely develops in such a fun way. 
Uh, with the assorted cast that, you know, we know from season one, uh, who is your favorite cast member if you had to pick just one? You mean like the, the favorite character? Like the, the sort of other favorite character on the show? Because I can't. No, just, if you're asking me to, if you're asking me to pick favorites of cast members, then Dean, then then Dane, you know that like the second I pick someone, the other people won't talk to me. So, uh, <laughs> and I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm the right person to do that anyway because um, I am kind of a people person, and I'm so crazy about our cast. Uh, I wouldn't want to do the show if any of them were missing. So. Um, I don't know. It's awesome. I know that's like a really Miss America kind of answer, but it's the, it's the God <laughs> truth. It's a, you know, it, there's four of us that are main characters and we're a tight, tight, you know, group of four. So, um, so, but, but as far as like characters on the show go, um, uh, that, I mean, that's also like a, a pretty difficult choice, but, um, but I, I, I do love Stan. I mean, I love, Stan in the way that we love those characters who say absolutely abhorrent things. I mean, the character that he's the most like the character I play on another show. Uh, you mentioned it in, in your intro, You're the Worst. Um, the character I play on You're the Worst is just an awful human being, and she just says all of these offensive, horrible things. And so it's really weird because as much as Becca is the, you know, on, at face value doesn't seem anything like Stan, um, they are kindred spirits. They're both incredibly centered and uh and they're and and the self-centered kind of jerk quality they have comes from like a place of vulnerability so in a weird way i feel like i have this like kind of spiritual connection with stan because of that other character i play i completely understand and when i asked it i was like yeah you're probably definitely gonna say you love everyone i completely understand that i love the team that i have but i could pick one person but no um (laughs) (laughs) With it becoming more and more of a common thing with uh, main uh, lead acts in uh, in hit shows, uh, what's the likelihood of you directing an episode of Stand Against Evil? Uh, boy, that would be amazing. I don't have a ton of directing experience other than just kind of the producing side um, and, and just being used to being around on sets. I think uh, the, the, the potential for me to write an episode um, is maybe closer to hand because I do do a lot of writing. Um, and, uh, and so that's something that I could definitely say I would feel very confident doing. But, uh, but I would love to be able to try my hand at, at directing uh, at least something that I do sometime in the next couple of years. We would definitely love to see that. I, I pay attention to a lot of these shows where, um, you know, the, the beginning credits where it says directed by or even produced by, and a lot of these uh, lead actors and actresses get a lot of credit for that, and, you know, they get the opportunity to do so. So that was always mm-hmm. one of the things that I wondered, um, you know, what, like, what is the likelihood of that, or how rare, you know, is that, honestly, even though I see it here and there, um, is that something that a lot of these uh, showrunners are coming to these leads, or do these leads yeah. go to the directors? Uh I mean that's a that's a great question. I don't I, 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 I don't even know if I know the answer to that fully, um, just from kind of being on the inside, but also on the outside of of, of stuff like that. I, I think it, we're in this age of television where so much great content is being created, and I think everyone is feeling that enthusiasm, and everyone is feeling everyone who's kind of within that world is feeling that excitement and wanting to learn a different part of the craft, like a different, you know, how do I, wow, I love doing this stuff. Like I want to be around this kind of great 
storytelling. What if I did, you know, what if I learned how to direct? What if I learned how to be a cinematographer? You know, the cinematographers are stepping up and becoming directors. Editors are stepping in and starting to direct on set. So I think, I think part of that is just a reflection of how excited people are about the quality of shows that are being made now. Absolutely. I could definitely see that. Um, with considering Stand Against Evil as a horror comedy, what's your favorite genre to work in, or do you even have a preference? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough. Uh, it's, I really, really love working in this world because it is, it's just an incredibly crazy, wacky show. And it's, you know, Dana, who created it, was on The Simpsons for many, many, many years. And he's an amazing stand-up comedian. So you have these, like, just, like, every second there's just a new joke packed, just packed with laughs. The same way you are with The Simpsons. And I always laugh at the jokes on our show the same way I do with The Simpsons, which is I think they're brilliant, and yet I also think they're incredibly stupid. And to me, that's the highest compliment is, like, when something is smart and stupid at the same time. Uh, and so there's just a lot of that, but then we also have these like genuine thrills and, you know, Dana likes to say it's a sitcom trapped in a horror movie. And I think that's a really, really great way of describing the show. And that's something that I didn't have a ton of experience working in before, but I absolutely enjoy as an actor because, you know, my character plays it straight. So I'm kind of like acting my butt off the entire time, whereas maybe I'm, uh, I'm not as serious or as grounded in other things if I'm asked to be a little more kooky. So it's just this very interesting dichotomy of like there are crazy funny things happening around me, but I end up walking away from those shoots feeling like I was in a drama. So there is something that's really fun about that. Yeah, no, that's I can completely understand that. And honestly, it's one of those things where it's just like you love whatever you're doing. So, you know, you always have a little bit of love for each thing you kind of have your hands in. Um, before yeah. I pass it over to um, to Joel for him to ask you uh, a few questions also, I have one last question for you. Um, sure. I'm trying to figure out how to exactly word this. Okay, I got it. Um so for a lot of our viewers who might not be that familiar with your show, can you tell our viewers why they should be watching Stand Against Evil? Uh, I think for the exact reason that I just said, which is if you like laughing, if you like jokes that, you know, if you just love giggling and being caught up in a moment and loving the plot, but also just laughing your ass off. There's no reason not to watch it. Uh, it doesn't even really matter if you're a horror fan. Yeah. I mean, listen, me and Joel both are fans of the show, so you don't have to worry about us, um, you know, as us as, as fans, and we'll definitely spread the word like wildfire, uh, but it's a hit show on its own. So it doesn't need much of that, but we definitely love to do our part. Um, thank you very much for answering my portion of this interview. I'm going to pass it to my good friend, Joel, for him to ask you the second half and to finish it up with you. Thank you again so much. Take it away, Joel. Oh, my pleasure. Great talking to you. Hello, Janet. How are you doing? Hey, Joel. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a pleasure talking to you. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question before we uh, stray too far away from Stand Against Evil. Uh, how was it working with John McGinley on the set? Because I'm a fan of his from uh, uh, the Scrubs days, so I think it has to be a fun time, right? Uh, I love him. I love Johnny C so much. He's such a pleasure to work with. He's um, he's so invested in the show, and he has so much respect for 
the for for Dana for the words that got put on the page by Dana and our amazing group of writers. And uh, you know, he he really grounds uh, he grounds Stan in 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 this sort of crazy reality, right? Even though there's so much crazy stuff going on, and he says these horrible things. And I think that's what we've learned about him time and again with all these different roles he does, uh, including uh, Dr. Cox, which is you know, somehow he makes you love him and you're loving him despite all of the things that are coming out of his mouth. And I think that's a pretty tremendous feat. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I watch it and I'm like, he, he looks he looks good for his age because he doesn't look the way he sounds. It's kind of a, oh, a weird hot. dichotomy. Yeah. Between, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. Well, he's, he's definitely <laughs> doing, I mean, he's definitely got a good, a good husky voice going on uh, when he does stand and, and, we we like to say that you know there's a, there's an acknowledgement of borrowing liberally from Jaws and from the Robert Shaw <laughs> character in Jaws. That's why he has that crazy like those sort of mutton chops and stuff. That and makes so sense. he has this kind of grizzly grizzly persona uh, when we do the show. And it's funny because whenever I see him afterwards, uh, like we just did New York Comic Con together, and he was right. clean shaven and looks you know 20 years younger, and it's always a shock <laughs> for a second. It's like, did you have work done? Oh wait, no, you're just not. <laughs> You're not Stan. I get it. Right, right. He's not in character. He's not doing that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you mentioned earlier that you have a role on uh, You're the Worst. So uh, can you tell us more about the character? I know you mentioned a little bit. Like, uh, Can you touch a little bit more on your character from You're the Worst? Totally, yeah. So Becca is, you know, she reveals herself in the pilot episode of the first season of You're the Worst to just be, you know, a very self-centered uh, you know, egotistical, um, condescending, materialistic person who has this backstory with uh, with Jimmy, who is played by Chris Gere, the the you know, the main guy on the show, and um, right. and we just kind of see the evolution of her selfishness and her crassness and just her unlikability evolve. You know, uh, as I was talking to Dane about this idea of character development. She really has gone through a ton of stuff, and and the things that make her unlikable, um, I don't know that they've changed particularly, but it has been really interesting to see her, you know, feel competitive towards an ex when he finds someone new and maybe try to kind of win him back half-heartedly, but then also try to shame him. And then she gets pregnant and wants to be the center of attention because she's pregnant. Mm. And then she has a baby and she's a terrible mom and is drunk all the time, which is kind of where we caught her here in midway through season four. And, um, and, and I love the season of you're the worst because uh, Lindsay, the character that Kether Donahue plays, uh, Lindsay right. her, is Becca's sister and the two of them decide to get to the bottom of why they are the way they are and it's, um, it's the most fun I've had shooting You're the Worst which is saying a lot because I also really really love being on that show So, um, and I've definitely got very familiar with wearing a, a pregnancy pad because uh, I think <laughs> over the course of the last three seasons I've had some version of a pregnancy belly uh, every day that I shot so it's it's wow. definitely not as hard as being pregnant, but it's its own it's its own set of uncomfortable circumstances. It's an experience. It's an experience. I'll mm-hmm. say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So if you had to compare your role on you know, you're the worst to Stand Against Evil, like comparing both shows, working on both shows, how would you compare the two? I mean, Evie would immediately want to. I don't want to say anything anti-feminist because I. I, I don't like punching ladies, but I think Evie would fantasize right. about punching Becca in the face. Um, 
uh, I think that, uh, you know, they're really the opposite of each other. They, 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 Evie wouldn't understand how someone so unlikable could kind of get as far as she's gotten in life. And she would, um, she would be so exasperated because she feels like her circumstances are so outrageous and she has to put up with so much crap in this tiny town of, you know, a cursed uh, sheriff's department. And then here we have Becca living this posh life with her surgeon husband and, you know, her child and her like high heels and, you know, and Becca acts like the world is crapping on her. So, I think that uh, they would not get along. Um, I think Becca would want to give Evie a makeover if she could even be bothered to pay enough attention outside of her own face and her own world long enough to do so. Right, right, right. <laughs> so how how about the filming experience aspect of it? Like, like filming Stand Against Evil compared to uh, filming uh, You're the Worst? Well, they are very, very different because You're the Worst is, you know, we do a lot of location stuff, but it is in Los Angeles. So at the end of the day, you are waking okay. up in the morning and driving to, you know, driving from your bed to uh, to someplace kind of nearby. And um, and so that, that's a, an experience in and of itself. There is a soundstage where we shoot a lot of the indoor stuff at, um, at uh, Jimmy's house, and that's very close by. So there's a kind of... Um, there's a feeling of entitlement. Like there's just like a feeling of like, Oh, I'm, I'm really, this is, this is very easy to, to drive, you know, 10 minutes to go to work is, is a very different experience than flying across the country and settling into a condo in Atlanta. Now that said, um, I love mm-hmm. Atlanta and, and I love the crews in Atlanta. The people that we get to work with in Atlanta are phenomenal. And the whole attitude of that town is just so inviting and friendly and food is great. So it's, it's really, really great being there. It's hard because a lot of the stuff we do is outside and we do shoot in the spring and summer. So we'll get thunder and lightning storms. We'll get just, you know, the hottest day in the world where you sort of stand up, you know, out of a chair and feel like you're going to faint. And it's only because the humidity is a hundred percent. So it's, it's more physically taxing to shoot things right. against evil. I mean, at the end of the day, I guess if you're parodying a horror movie, there's still real action that you have to do. So there's a lot of running around, a lot of kind of stunt right. work, which I love. Um, and then, you know, uh, but, but it's funny because there was a lot of stuff in uh, You're the Worst this year that I had to do that uh, I, I went on to that show after doing Stand Against Evil. And the creator, uh, Stephen Falk, is brilliant. Uh, of you're the worst with some of the stuff I had to do this season, he was laughing. He was like, I bet you thought you were done with all this kind of action, like hard stuff <laughs> when you finish shooting yeah. Sam. And I was like, yeah, I guess I kind of did think that. Thanks a lot, buddy. Uh, so there's some wackadoo stuff that happens uh, on you're the worst this year. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. Um, I'm going to pull away from the live action stuff for a second. And I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, about how was your time uh, working on Legend of Korra? Because when they told me we were talking to you, I didn't even know that Sheriff Evie was the voice of Korra. So I was very shocked <laughs> to find out. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's really cool. So oh, how was yeah. it? Oh, gosh. It's it's amazing. And uh, it just continues to be amazing because, you know, I'm just so incredibly lucky that it's it's one of those shows that people really hold in their hearts, even though it's ended. And it's similar to Avatar, to the you know last Airbender. Um, that first series, it's the same thing. So we picked up, you know, we had, there were people who grew up watching 
uh, The Last Airbender, and they love it as much now as they did when it was on TV. And so when Legend of Korra started airing, um, and I was meeting all of these uh, Airbender fans, you know, people mm-hmm. would tell me, like, get ready, because as much as people are still interested in talking about the show that came before yours, people are going to feel that way about Korra. And, uh, and you don't know for that for sure, you hope. You know, but I still have this amazing um, privilege of going to all these cons and meeting fans and hearing their personal stories and getting to nerd out on the show with them because I'm a tremendous fan of Mike and Brian. I, it's one of those things that, you know, be, getting the chance to work on it and be around them has not taken the shine off of how phenomenal I think they are at storytelling and the animation and the music and just all of it is so brilliant. So for me, you know, I'm just a, I'm a geek. I'm a geek for it. And so, uh, and so I'm very happy to celebrate it with my fellow geeks, with the fandom. Uh, and just, you know, if I can be, you know, so not to use like a super fancy word, but if I'm there as kind of an ambassador of the show, if, you know, Mike O'Brien right. or Seychelles or PJ, you know, people from the first season, if they can't be there, um, it's to me is a total honor, uh, I, to quote Prince Zuko, uh, it's an honor just to <laughs> be in, that, in those rooms and to get to celebrate that 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 work. And and you know, I right. don't think I'll ever get tired of it because I love it so much. If it wasn't something that I thought was great, I would be like, okay, you know what? I'm done talking about this now. Uh, but right. but that's that's not been my experience. You know, it just stays really fresh and and really uh, emotional and 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 really wonderful. Yeah, I was. I loved how it was able to separate itself from Avatar: The Last Airbender and become its own thing. Uh, I was mm-hmm. really impressed by that. It was a, it was a great show. So, so like, what do you prefer? Do you prefer vo- uh, voiceover work or live action? I wouldn't want to give up either. They're both so unique and they're so different in their own right. way. I love uh, being on my feet and being, you know, in my body. That sounds so stupid, but I love, you know, on camera work because it is the sort of world building that you get to, like I was saying with the stand against evil stuff to be able to interact with these amazing like monsters that are being puppeteered and seeing special effects happening and, and, and really working very, very closely like a summer camp kind of a situation with this amazing team of people is um, something I would never want to give up. Likewise, getting to do voiceover where you're in a studio and there's just a handful of people there making this thing. And then it goes away and gets added to and added to and added to, and everybody puts in the thing that they're brilliant at and it comes back and is this completed project. And I get to watch it and it feels so fresh to me. And it's like, I have no, you know, I don't have any memories associated with the animation. So all, and when it's done, it's usually been a long time since we recorded. So there's something so magical about just seeing it all done like that, you know, going, Oh my gosh, I'm, that's my voice, but that's, that's, I don't look like that. And so getting to, you know, getting to have, like getting to, you know, be a, 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 an element bender is not something that I anticipate getting to do in my on camera life. Um, And so that's, that's what's so special and great about voiceover, right? Is that you can play all these different kinds of characters and you don't, it doesn't matter what you look like. It's, it's about the quality of what you're bringing to the table with your voice. Right. So it's it's safe to say that you're, you're down uh, to do a voiceover again in the future. (laughs) Heck yeah. (laughs) All right. So, all right, before we let you go, uh, one more question. Do you have any sure. future projects we should be looking forward to that you know, that you're allowed to talk about? 
Well, I mean, I would say uh, because Stan is about to start airing um, in, we have a sneak peek uh, on Friday the 13th, and then we start airing. There's a there's a marathon on IFC on Halloween. The show's available on Hulu right now, yep. and we start airing our, our second season in November. So I'd say um, keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, listen to my free podcast. It doesn't cost anything. It's an awesome way to pass the time. I listen to podcasts all the time when I do chores and when I exercise. Yep. I feel like I'm getting smarter from it. Um, my podcast the jv club i talk to people much more famous and much more awesome than me about their awkward teenage years among other things you will find out very funny very cool things about people you think are above it all and uh and then if you're in the san francisco bay area or you're a comedy fan come hang out with me at my comedy festival it's turning 17 this year i formed it when i was in college in san francisco and uh, now it's turned into like this huge event with over 200 shows and like huge stars and stuff and um we wouldn't be able to do it without the amazing artists who come and the fans who show up and the and the amazing audiences um you know in san francisco so that's good yeah i mean anybody listening you should definitely do all that everything (laughs) (laughs) i give you a real to-do list yeah, we got to write this all down. So yeah. one last question, one one more last question before I let you go. They, they keep pressuring me to ask you um, <laughs> because we're all we're all geeks here on uh, Geek Vibe Nation. <laughs> do you have a preference between Marvel or DC? Does, oh, does it matter to you? Yeah, I I really do. I'm so sorry. I'm Marvel through and through. I can't oh, no. help it. And I know they got in trouble this last week. I know they got in trouble, but. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, you know, even if it, if, if, if all that was out there was, uh, all the, all the different characters that are a part of the X-Men universe, I would still pick Marvel. Right. Cause I, I think that that world, uh, is like, I, I never get tired of it. I think it's awesome. Respect. Respect. No, no doubt. Um, I want to, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being on today and then like, let me talk to you and, and answering all our questions. You were great uh, tonight. So, um, Dane, you there? I am there. Dane, take it away. <laughs> there and here. All right. Well, <laughs> Janet, uh, thank you again for being on our show, and we hope to have you back very soon. Um, I heard you say Atlanta. I wanted to let you know that Atlanta loves you. I'm actually from Atlanta, so uh, oh, I appreciate right uh, the love for uh, this great city and our horrible football team. Um, but uh, thank you for coming on. Um, I know that you don't have much more time, so I'll just get to the uh, the point. Uh, do you mind uh, doing a drop for us? Uh, sure, no problem. Okay, well, if you could say your name, uh, whatever show you'd like to plug, and then you're listening to Geek Vibes whenever you'd like. Hey, guys, it's Janet Varney from Stand Against Evil, and you are listening to Geek Vibes. All right. Thank you so much again. Uh, me, Joel, Juwan, and all of Geek Vibes Nation appreciate you coming on here. And do us a favor and come back. Absolutely, you guys. Thanks so much. It was great talking to you. It was a pleasure. Great talking to you, too. Have a good night. You, too. Bye. 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 All right, guys. That was another great show and great interview here at Geek Vibes Nation. Joel, Juwan, you guys kick some ass and you took some names. So I wanted to give you that credit. Um, but right. yeah, for the latest and greatest for all of geek vibes news, remember to come here to our website on Facebook, to our Twitter account and uh, on YouTube, obviously too. And uh, check out our shows. We have a Friday show for TV uh, called geek TV that will be on at eight o'clock. 
We have our Sunday show, Geek Vibes Nation, uh, presents Geek Vibes Live. It's our movie show from 8 o'clock until 10 o'clock. And I have my wrestling show, Wrestling Geeks Alliance. We will have more wonderful guests like this in the future. Thank you guys so much, and have a wonderful evening. Peace out.